Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the campfire. The only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction. In exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Her Creation. He called this experience All of the women in my family die at age 27. Please allow me to tell you his tale. My dad always wanted a son. He got three daughters instead. He hated us all, hated my twin sisters, hated my mother, but hated me most of all because I was the last child my mother had before she died. That didn't stop him from treating me like his little boy. Did it stop him from attempting to beat the hatred of my own gender into me? Quit your crying, he'd snap, or you'll end up like your sniveling bitch of a mother. After years of that shit, he was shocked that I grew up as a tomboy. I think he hated that even more because I was just a constant reminder of what he never got to have. My mother died when she was only 27 when I was only 4. The coroner ruled her death a natural passing. Some weird heart complication that took her in her sleep. My dad, though, says it was because of her family's curse. Whenever I came to him, desperate for more information about a mother I never really knew. He never had much to say. I'm convinced he was just drunk since the day she died. Every woman in her damn family, they die when they're 27. He'd sputter in between belches, his breath reeking of stale beer. I think the real curse is that my mom was the one to die. And not him. I wasn't fully convinced by the ramblings of a perpetually drunk man. But when I lost both of my sisters just months before their 28th birthday... I knew it couldn't be a coincidence. Moira was found murdered, her face practically blasted off by a shooter while she was on a jog. Joy took her own life only days later. I was the one who found her, hanging in the bedroom of her apartment as I came to pick her up for Moira's funeral. She'd been there, swinging from the rafters, all night. It's hard to live a normal life when you know you have an expiration date, especially when it encompasses an entire year. I always dreaded my birthday which from an early age became associated less with fun and birthday cake and more with worry and funeral caskets. But once Moira and Joy died, my next birthday, 25, was the most dreadful day of my life. 26 was worse, 27 unimaginable. This is it, I thought as I closed all of the blinds in my apartment, downing the last drop of vodka in the bottle. This is the last year of my life. 27 has been uneventful, to say the least. Why would I make any long-term plans, forge any meaningful relationships when I know they simply cannot last? The worst part of this last year has been simply not knowing when my impending death is coming. It could have been any day within the last 364. It could be within the next minute. I must admit I became something of a recluse. My windows always shuttered, 
Additional locks installed in my door. Letting the phone ring through to voicemail. Hiding under my covers with the lights out whenever I got a knock on my door. I stocked up on preserved foods and various goods that I would need to last the year. I was so paranoid that I even covered my mail slot. Stuffed a towel in the space beneath my front door. I didn't want anything getting through from the outside world. God forbid. An anthrax letter. Falling off the face of the earth didn't matter much. Anyway, I didn't have friends or family anymore. My mother and both of my sisters were dead, and my dad disowned me when I came out as a lesbian after my sisters died. I moved away and severed contact soon after. The night before my 27th birthday, I started getting these strange phone calls from a blocked number. I've always had anxiety about phone calls, so I just let it ring. The number kept calling at least once per day throughout the past year. Then the knocking started once a week at first, but it's only been getting worse more frequent, and the pounding on my door more frantic each time. Convinced it had something to do with my inevitable death. I've been driven mad by the unknown visitor, especially over the past week. I got ready for bed last night, knowing that tomorrow, today, now, is the day I will turn 28. My time had run out, and I searched for comfort in a bottle of liquor. I didn't find it. I fell into bed, drunk and delirious and prayed the morning wouldn't come, though I knew it would. I eventually got to sleep, but it was restless and unsatisfying. The kind of sleep where you feel like you have one eye open, always watching. That's why I was quick to wake when the door to my bedroom creaked open early in the morning, before the first sign of light. I shot up in my bed, glancing around my room in a frenzied panic, at first seeing nothing out of the ordinary other than the door, pushed slightly ajar. A closer look revealed something I'd missed, something that sent my heart racing. Froze me to my core. Two dark figures stood in the empty space behind the half-open door, unmoving, almost like a pair of statues. Waiting, watching, wordless. Leave me, leave me alone, I squeaked, unable to move, paralyzed in the power of their presence. The shadowy figures instead shuffled out from behind the door, creeping slowly towards me in the dark. I knew this would certainly be the end of my life, the fulfillment of my curse if I didn't act. Suddenly recalling the self-defense methods I'd drilled into my mind, I flipped my bedside lamp on to stun the intruders and reached underneath the table to pull the knife I duct-taped there a year ago, a 27th birthday gift to myself. As soon as the light flooded the room, though, I knew the blade would be of no use. My intruders were not a pair of assassins. Not human ones, at least. In the yellow light of the lamp, I discerned the identities of the dark figures. They were my sisters. Joy stood at the foot of my bed, pale, in that same conservative black dress I'd found her dead in years ago. The one she'd picked out for Moira's funeral. Her head hung parallel to her shoulders, neck grotesquely bent from her hanging. Moira was a few steps behind her. I could only assume it was her, considering the severity of her injuries. She'd suffered a gunshot wound to the head, so brutal that we were not allowed to see her after her death. So intense that it had entirely disfigured her face. The lower half of her face had been reduced to a pit of gore. Her jawbone barely attached on one side. Her mouth mangled, with only several teeth remaining studded randomly throughout the mess. Why are you here? I cried, gathering my knees to my chest and holding them tight. Are you, are you here to take me? 
Joy made a feeble attempt to shake her head, the side of her face only brushing weakly against her shoulder. She waited several moments before putting one of her feet in front of the other, moving towards the side of my bed. As I recoiled instinctively, she slowed her pace. Moira trailed after her until they were both beside me. I whimpered as Joy leaned over me, her head flopping forward suddenly with the motion, neck cracking sickeningly, with her lips brushing against my ear. She whispered, she, she tried. Her speech was labored and wheezing as if her vocal cords had nearly been shredded. What do you mean, Joy? I pleaded. Her lips moved against my ear once more, but no sounds came out despite a clear strenuous effort. Moira wagered an attempt at answering my query, but only succeeded in sputtering blood from the gaping wound in her face, ejecting one of her remaining teeth onto the floor as her jawbone swung precariously, barely hanging on. She raised one hand, slowly curling it into a fist before striking her knuckles furiously against my bedpost. The incessant sound startling me, I forced my eyes shut tight and pulled my knees even closer against my chest. Moira's knocking seemed only to escalate in volume. Seemed to go on forever, until, finally, it stopped. I cracked my eyes open to find that both of my sisters had vanished. That the light of early morning had begun to spill in through the slats of my blinds. It was just past six o'clock, the 7th of June, the day of my 28th birthday. I was born at 9.26 a.m., once I learned of the curse. I burned the time of my ultimate expiration into my mind. I only had three hours and 16 minutes left to live. If I even had that long, draping my covers over my head, I resolved to spend the rest of my life asleep. I figured I'd rather pass peacefully in my sleep like my mother did than suffer a fate similar to my sister's. My plans were interrupted, however, by that damned knocking on the door. The interruption usually didn't come so early in the morning. I decided initially to ignore the strange visitor, but pulled the blankets back down soon after as a certain sense of familiarity struck me. The pounding on the door reminded me all too much of Moira's knocking just moments before. It easily could have been a trick of the curse, but something compelled me to approach the door. What do you want? I called from behind the barrier, clinging to the relative safety it provided. The reply came from an unfamiliar man's voice. I just have a letter for you, miss. Just, just slide it under the door, and please leave. I returned, using my barefoot to remove the towel I used to block the small space beneath it. He deposited a bright yellow envelope under the door as I requested. I waited quietly for the sounds of receding footsteps before sliding on a pair of gloves to handle the letter. It was addressed to me, simply by the first name and with no address. Carefully, I unsealed the envelope to reveal a birthday card. I hadn't received one in years. Bright, sparkling letters on the front formed the words, Daughter, you're 27. I scoffed at the sick joke. I hadn't received a birthday card since I was a child. And my dad couldn't even get my birthday right. I didn't think he even knew my address. I cracked it open gingerly to read the message inside. Laura, if you're reading this, your father has killed me. Don't believe a thing he or the police say. I was not the target of a random attack. I did not die of natural causes. And I certainly did not commit suicide. I would never leave you if I had the choice. The truth is, I died is because I found the truth behind my family's curse and foolishly told your father. He was in on it the whole time, planted in my life by some secret society to eradicate me. 
to eradicate us. What we have is not a curse, it is a gift. A gift of immense power. A power to heal, but the power to harm just the same. We come into our power at the age of 28. A number associated with independence, leadership, and self-sufficiency. An age where we can handle the responsibility such power inevitably comes with. It's a strong number, and you will come into great strength. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Though you've always been a strong girl, I hope you've made it this far, but at the same time, I know you have. You were always a feisty little girl for the four years I had the pleasure of knowing you, of loving you. You never let anyone tell you what to think or do, especially not your father. Happy birthday, I love you. Mom, I closed the card softly, thinking about the strained words of my sister. Mom had tried to warn them, but they didn't listen. The pieces of the puzzle slid into place. My dad must have murdered Moira, and Joy ended her own life out of grief, and a belief that she would inevitably be next. At the time of writing this, I only have two hours and 32 minutes until I officially turn 28. Over the past hour or so, I've already begun to feel the power flowing into my body, electrifying as it runs through my veins. I will the towel to reposition itself under the door, and it does so, sliding across the floor on its own. I need to keep myself safe until 9.26. After all, I'm planning on surprising my father with a visit for my birthday. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.